0: 22 million Americans, or almost 10% of the adult population, were leaning toward or preferred or ate mostly a
1: vegetarian diet. This is Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Finley. Today's message, Your Diet and Your Destiny, Part 2, Enjoy, and remember you can always catch up with past messages and stay up to date with Hope Lives 365 and Pastor Mark by going to hopelives365.com. And now, Pastor Mark Finley.
0: Now, there are three things about God's Word that I want you to notice tonight. First, God's Word is eternal. It bridges every generation and culture. Let's read it together. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, reading together. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Notice Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands what? Forever. There are many things in this life that are here today and gone tomorrow. There are many things in this life that are temporary. You buy a new car today, and 15 years later, it is the old model that hopefully is still chugging along. You buy a tie today, and 10 years later, it's out of date, but save it because maybe 10 years after that, it's going to come in, and you can give it to your kid for Christmas. (laughs) You know, I remember, for example, the first computer, you know, computers, you buy one today, and you got to update it tomorrow. Everything around the us ages so quickly. I think I need an upgrade. The first computer that I ever had, it took two men to carry it into my study. You know, you buy an iPhone today, and Apple comes out with a new one in a few months, and you want to trade that one in because this one has something else. When you look around us in our society, our society is changing, 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 change is in the air. And you say to yourself, what can I place my feet upon that's solid? What are enduring moral values that will last forever? What's something that's not going to change today and be gone tomorrow? You know, you look at technology and it changes. You go to sleep watching your TV and they come out with a new TV tomorrow. In a world of rapid change and uncertainty, God's word is eternal. God's word speaks to every generation. It speaks with meaning and relevance and purpose, it speaks courage and hope to our hearts. Dr. Bernard Ram put it this way, he's a professor of philosophy and religion, he says, a thousand times over, the death knell of the Bible has been sounded, the funeral procession has formed, the inscription cut on the tombstone, and the committal read, but somehow the corpse, that is the Bible, the corpse never stays put. No other book has been so chopped, so knifed, so sifted, so scrutinized and vilified, What book on philosophy or religion or psychology of classical or modern times has been subject to such a mass attack as the Bible? But yet, the Bible has survived with such venom and skepticism, with such thoroughness and erudition upon every chapter, line, and tenet. The Bible is still loved by millions, read by millions, and studied by millions. Isn't it evidence that the Bible is divinely inspired by God in the fact that after 2,000 years, after the death of Christ, it has existed and it continues to be a bestseller? When you look at cultures and civilizations around the world, The Bible speaks to those generations of people. George Washington put it this way, It's impossible to rightly govern the world without God in the Bible. He is worse than an infidel who does not read and acknowledge his obligation to God. George Washington read, studied God's Word. Thomas Jefferson said, I've always said and always will say that the studious pursual of the sacred volume will make better citizens, better farmers, better husbands. The Bible makes the best people in the world. As you read God's Word with an open heart and open mind, as you read it prayerfully, as you say, God, as I read your Word, I want you to touch my life. God, as as I read your Word, I want you to come into my life. I want you to make me the Father that I ought to be. I want you to make me the husband I ought to be. I want you to make me the wife that I ought to be, the mother that I ought to be. I've had the privilege for the last 45 years of traveling the world, standing on the platforms of the great, great countries of the world. And I remember shortly after the fall of communism, I was invited to come to Russia. I had been speaking in Russia, Pahana University uh, had been speaking there. And then uh, I was invited to come to the Kremlin. The Kremlin. Is the citadel of communism? It was the the Kremlin auditorium seats six thousand five hundred people. Twice a night, communist intellectuals and philosophers and average people from Russia, lawyers and doctors and nurses and uh, and uh, people who were scientists and engineers and shopkeepers came to that auditorium. There were 13,000 people coming every night to our meetings. They had come from an atheistic background. In the Kremlin auditorium was the place where Chenenkov spoke and Khrushchev spoke and Putin spoke and the place where all the communist leaders had spoken. I went into that auditorium and gave 13 lectures and I talked about if society and if the Russian society were going to move in a new direction that it needed to be based on moral values, and those moral values were found in the Bible. One night after the lectures, I was sitting in a little room eating some Russian borscht, and a large man walked into the room. He must have been 6'3", 6'4". He weighed probably 220 or 230. He had muscles like spring steel. And he reached out and he said, tonight, tonight. You spoke to Russian society. Let me give you a Russian bear hug. And he he grabbed me and I felt crack, crack, crack. And I said, if you appreciated the lecture, please don't squeeze me so hard. (laughs) He then dropped me on the, you know, he dropped me on my feet and he looked me right in the eye and he said, I am the Russian general that led the Russian invasion of Afghanistan in the seventies. I led the Russian armies. And he says, as I thought about what you said tonight, I want to say this to you. If Russia has any future, it must base its future on the moral principles of the Bible. He said, after your lecture tonight, I met with a group of Russian intellectuals. And we agreed that the only way forward for our society is to follow the principles of God's word. The principles that Jesus Christ outlined. The principles of love and forgiveness and kindness, and compassion, and mercy. When you read the Bible, it'll change your life. It'll change your family. It'll change society. John Quincy Adams put it this way, My custom is to read four or five chapters of the Bible every morning immediately after rising. It seems to me the most suitable manner of beginning the day. It is an incalculable and inexhaustible mine of knowledge and virtue. The founders of America understood the importance of basing their lives on the principles of the Bible and allowing Jesus Christ to transform their lives. The principles of God's Word will guide and shape our lives today as well. The second thing about God's Word is it's not only an eternal enduring every generation, but God's Word is life-changing. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says, "...having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever." something takes place. It says, having been born again. What does that mean? Having new thoughts, being transformed from within. You see, the Bible is not a dead book. The Bible is not a book that simply is inspiring the bible is a book that's inspired other books may be inspiring but the bible is inspired second peter chapter 1 verse 4 says by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises so in the bible we'd be given promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust the bible gives us promises i am in need financially a person says, I'm in trouble. They read the Bible. My God shall supply all your need. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. We grasp the living reality that God promises to take care of us. I feel weak. I can't lose my weight. Can't give up cigarettes or tobacco. Can't get off alcohol. Can't get on the diet I want. I read the Bible. The Bible is powerful. It says, Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ that have strengthened me. I have shared that promise with thousands of people around the world. I've said, look away from what you cannot do to what Jesus Christ can do. Look away from your weakness to his strength. Look away from all the times you failed to the fact that he will grant to you power that you cannot believe. Reading the Bible transforms your thought patterns. You see not what is, but you see what can be. You see not how you are now, but what you can be through the grace and power of Jesus Christ. I think of Han. Han was a Christian in Vietnam, but after the fall of Saigon, when the American armies were beaten back and they evacuated Vietnam, Han was taken to a re-education camp by the by the Viet Cong communist soldiers, and in that re-education camp, he was subjected to hour after hour after hour every day of communist propaganda, and soon he came to this thought process. He said, I was a Christian, but Christianity is not for the mentally strong. Christianity is but a myth. It's fiction. It's worth nothing. And he threw out all of his Christian faith. In the re-education camp, he had to clean the latrines. One day, he came across a portion of the book of Romans, Romans the eighth chapter one of the sergeants in the Viet Cong army had taken a Bible and was using it for toilet paper. Han found this crumpled up piece of Romans 8 and he sat there in that latrine reading, for all things work together for good to those that love God. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall persecution... Or sword, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For neither height, nor depth, nor any other thing shall separate us from the love of God.
1: We'll be right back with Pastor Mark Finley. We thank you for listening and hope you're enjoying today's message. Our mission is to attractively present the Christ-centered biblical truths of Scripture in a practical, relevant way to people around the world so that they may experience the abundant life that Christ offers and effectively share with confidence his life-changing truths with others. You can support this ministry and help us reach even more by going to Hopelives365.com slash donate. And now back to Pastor Mark Finley. As Hans sat in that latrine reading
0: that, his tears streamed down his face and he said, God, I know that you see me in this despicable place and I know you're there reading the word of God. His faith was rekindled. Reading the word of God, his hope was renewed. Reading the work of God, his courage flowed into him. I have seen God do that for thousands of people around the world. I think of a young man by the name of Ramon. He was an Indian thief. He lived in India. And one day his gang broke into a home in India. And they robbed jewelry, robbed money out of that home, and he saw this book, he had never seen this book called the Bible before, but he saw it there, and it had gold-edged pages, and he said, that's good enough to roll my tobacco in. He stole a copy of the Bible. For about a month, he'd rip it out every night, a page of the Bible, roll his tobacco in it. Then one night, he started to read it, and he read about Jesus, who forgave the woman caught in adultery. He read about Jesus who healed the man by the pool of Bethesda. He read about Jesus who calmed the storm. Jesus who broke the bread. Jesus who fed the 5,000. And this thief knelt and he said, Jesus, change my life. The Bible is eternal. It appeals to men and women of every generation. The Bible is life-changing. If you read God's word, it will change your life. I was 17 years old. I had little purpose in my life. I was interested in parties and sports, but I began to read God's Word. And as I read the Bible, it transformed my life. It gave me a peace and a joy and a meaning and purpose that I did not know. As you fill your mind with God's Word and spend time reading God's Word, it will transform your life. But somebody says, how can I get started reading the Bible? It seems so complicated for me. The Bible is not complicated if you follow these simple principles. Here's how to get an experience reading the Bible. Number one, don't worry about the things you may not understand in the Bible. In other words, you're not going to understand a lot. Don't worry about that. Secondly, begin with the Psalms or the Gospel of John. Every night before I go to bed, I read the Psalms. I read some Psalm every night. Start with something simple. Read a few verses at a time. It's not a speed reading program. Read until there's something that you can apply to your life. Ask God to help you understand what you're reading and apply it. So let's suppose you're reading the Gospel of John, and you read about Jesus calming the storm. You simply say to yourself, Lord, I'm going through a storm. You calm that storm, calm my troubled heart. You read about Jesus breaking the bread and feeding the 5,000. You say, Lord, I have some needs too. You broke that bread, Lord, for me satisfy the needs of my heart. You read about Jesus forgiving the woman in adultery, and you feel guilty, condemned because of something you did. You say, Jesus, I need that forgiveness. So as you read the Gospels and you read the story, simply put yourself in the story and say, Lord, the story is a case history of what you want to do in my life. God's word is eternal. God's word is life-changing. And God's word is relevant to every generation. Whether you are young or whether you're old, God's word speaks to you. And the the essence of God's word is hope. When you read God's word, you have hope for today, tomorrow, and forever. When you read God's word, you see a God that loves you, a God that cares for you. You see a God that created a perfect world in Genesis, and a God will create, who will create, a, recreate a perfect world out of the mess of this world. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, let's read it together. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. Throughout generations, God is there. I love Hebrews 4 verse 12. The Word of God is living. God's Word is alive. You read it, and the living Word changes your life. It's powerful, sharper than any two-head sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit is a discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's Word is living. This is a living book. It changes your life. It's a powerful book. The word for powerful written in the Greek language is the word energis. What word do you think we get from that in English? What? energy. So the Word of God is living and is filled with what? Energy. Do you want new energy in your life, spiritual energy, spiritual strength, new hope in your life, new courage in your life? Fill your mind with the Word of God. Abraham Lincoln said, I'm busily engaged in the study of the Bible. I believe it's God's Word because it finds me where I am. It's the eternal Word. It is the living Word. It is the all-powerful Word. It speaks to us in every generation. He said, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good of the Savior of the world is communicated to us through that book. Abraham Lincoln said, if I did not have God's word, I could not have gotten through the trauma of the Civil War. One of my favorite pictures of Lincoln is him sitting in a tent on a Civil War battlefield with the Bible open, gaining strength before the battle. Woodrow Wilson said, when you've read the Bible, you know it's the Word of God because it's the key to your heart, your happiness in your own duty. The Bible gives us hope for today, tomorrow, and forever. Are you facing some major decision in your life? The Bible will give you hope. The Bible will give you wisdom. As you're facing that decision and you read God's Word, you will sense the Holy Spirit coming In guiding your mind, giving you direction. Do you need hope and courage? As you read God's word, hope will leap off the pages. Has guilt stolen your joy and robbed your happiness? As you read God's word, you'll sense forgiveness and the power to change. Is there something missing in your life? As you read God's word, you'll find new purpose and meaning and direction in your life. William McPherson worked with dynamite a, gener- a few generations ago for the railroad. He helped to do a lot of blasting. And one day, Bill was there working with that dynamite, and a stick of dynamite exploded. Blew his hands almost totally off so he could no longer use them. Left him crippled and maimed. Scarred his face terribly. Terribly blinded him so he could not see. And William McPherson lay there discouraged, hopeless. He went through a long period of rehabilitation. Somebody introduced him to God's word. And he said, I could never read it because I can't see. He learned Braille, but he couldn't use his fingers. So they put the Bible above his head And he began reading the Bible with his tongue. He read page after page until his tongue bled. He read the Bible through four times with his tongue. Something began to happen to him. There was a new joy in his life. There was a new happiness in his life. There was a new meaning in his life. And when people came to see Bill to console him, they left filled with joy, filled with happiness. Why? Because he said to them, this life is not all there is. One day Jesus will come. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them forever in the air. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, there shall be no more sickness or suffering or death or pain. What was it that gave Bill such new hope? What was it that filled Bill's heart with courage? What was it that gave him such new joy? It was the reality that this life was not all that there is. He was physically maimed, but he was spiritually fit. With eyes of faith, informed by Scripture, he looked to eternity. The Bible begins with a perfect world in Genesis chapter one and two, and the Bible ends with a perfect world. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. God created the world once. He will recreate it again, but He wants to recreate you and me right now. Bill was recreated. And He looked forward to the new creation. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. As you read the Bible, Christ recreates you and He prepares you to live in a recreated world where all of the past will be gone and there will be no cancer and there will be no heart disease and there will be no diabetes. There will be no more nursing homes and retirement centers. No more feeble hands and shaking knees. No more quivering tongue. You'll never have to stand by a child's bedside who has been just hit by a car and hold their hand as they breathe their last and die. You'll never have to go to a mother's hospital room and put your hand on her head as she breathes her last and labors heavily and dies of cancer you'll never be called in that new world and told that your children his child has just been hit by a car need you ever be told that your wife is just at a heart attack there's a great new world that's coming a great new world that's coming sometimes in my mind i look beyond what is to what can be and sometimes as i open the book of revelation in my imagination I see a holy city descending from heaven to earth. Sometimes in my imagination, I'm there again in the Garden of Eden, in this world made new. Sometimes in my imagination, in a land called holy, in a place called glory, in a time called eternity, I too walk down streets of gold and I bow at his feet and I cry out, holy, holy, holy.
1: You've been listening to Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Finley. We hope you've enjoyed today's message and remind you that you can find more in our many ministry resources at hopelives365.com. And you can support this ministry by going to hopelives365.com slash donate. And now a final thought from Pastor Mark.
0: God's Spirit can touch you tonight. The Spirit of God moves in our lives and like that wind, it comes. The light of God's light reveals that God can illuminate your darkness. Sunshine of His love reveals that He has a plan for your life. The wind of His Spirit comes. gives us freshness and newness. Do you long for something more in your spiritual life? Tonight, God says, yes, I want to come with the wind of my Spirit and transform you. I want to make you over again.